everybody. Welcome to a new Music Wise podcast with my co-host, Rona Bennett. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. And to all the people that are already familiar with us, Rona is a musician, a power coach, and my co-host. <laughs> and I am Bindu de Knock. I am an entertainment lawyer based in Amsterdam. We are having a global thing going on this time as well, because Rona is in Atlanta, I'm in Amsterdam, and it is our absolute pleasure to welcome to the show my friend Fessel Khan, who is in Istanbul. Hello, ladies. How are you? What's up? So happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you for calling me over. Thank you for making time for us for such an interesting topic. I want to start off by telling everybody what an NFT is, because I know that even when Bindu brought it up to me, I was like, okay, what's that? <laughs> so I kind of want to treat this as an introduction for a lot of people who aren't even familiar with what cryptocurrency is, how it functions in the world. We're going to talk about how it gets its value because for our generation and up, we're looking at it like it's not tangible. So how is this thing, you know, for example, one of these um, NFTs are $70 million or somewhere around that figure. And I'm like, what in the world? How does that even make sense to um, how it holds value and what it means to us now? So what is an NFT? Well, think of an NFT as the digital equivalent of what exists as art in the analog world, right? So you have a Mona Lisa that's physically painted. It's hanging in a in a in a museum. You know it's there. You know, sure there can be copies, but there can only be one Mona Lisa, right? And that's in the Louvre. Uh, you can see the Nike of Samothrace, which is a statue, a beautiful statue. Again, it's in the Louvre. There can be copies. You can see the David, but you know. So what happens when you take that? idea, that notion of something beautiful, something unique, something, you know, mastered by someone, by the master themselves. And in from the analog world, you take it into the digital world. Well, the first thing we were taught in the digital world is everything is a copy, right? So if everything is a copy, then where's the master, right? So I think in, and, and, you know, I'm no, no expert and we are all trying to learn. And I guess this is not even version one. This is version point one or maybe of NFTs. We're all trying to learn what an NFT is. And the way I can best understand it is, is the digital masterwork by the master themselves that is preserved on the blockchain as the original. And it's up to the master to decide how many originals can there be. Can there be just one, two, seven or 20 or 50,000 or none, you know, it, it, it's up to them because in the digital world, you have that luxury. You have the luxury of making two Mona Lisas, you know, but it's up to the master to decide that. It's up to the painter, the artist to decide that. And I guess that's the way I look at it. That's, that's a very good distinction to look at it like that because people will be thinking like, well, okay, so that's interesting. So Beeple, the um, NFT artist who sold his artwork through the, the auction house Christie's, sold it for 70 million dollars, right, exactly. And it was an artwork compiled of um, his works over the last 14 years, 5,000 artworks over the last 14 years. Yeah, it's a montage of images of his work. Yeah. Exactly. 
And then that really set the bar um, and gave NFTs some sort of authority. But I think the misconception that people sometimes have nowadays is that they think of an NFT as the creation itself. It's not that like I, I told Rona just before we went on the chat, it's not that I can go to a store and buy two NFTs or 500 grams of NFT. No, the NFT is a new format. It's it's an abbreviation for a non-fungible token. And that NFT is simply a word or um, yeah, a definition of the technical identity or file that is attached to that artwork. Can you explain us? Yeah, can yeah, can can you explain us, Vessel, what what non-fungible token is and how I have to divide that from the artwork that, you know, an artist is drawing on his computer? You know, like I said, anything you put on the internet, when I send you a when I take a photograph of my cat and I send it to you through WhatsApp, I'm actually sending you a copy. The original is still in my phone, etc. And when you share that, you know, you're still sharing a copy. Now, you share it once, one was with you and one I have. Which one is the original? Right. Well, how do you tell? Hello. I mean, they all look the same, right? Yeah. So if you somehow are able to take this artwork and trace it back to its origins and lock it into the, let's say, the Genesis moment, if you will, and say, okay, here's the thing. And it's on a very particular ledger. And to make that non-technical, the ledger basically means there's a consensus. The consensus by everyone involved saying, okay, this is the artwork itself. If today you and Rona were jamming and she'd, you know, she'd sing something and you play the guitar and you and I record it. So now we have a track. Uh, you two artists are recorded on a digital track. So that was a Genesis moment. But now, how do you how do you preserve it? I have a copy. You may not have a copy. I can. You know, how do you preserve it? If we agree that this is the actual work, because we are the artists ourselves, and we put it on a blockchain as an NFT, then that's the original work. When you say, well, what does that mean? So, think of it this way. You, you, you very rightly said something that really resonates very well with me is. It's a new art form. It's a form. The, form. the word form is the most important one. There was the CD. There was the cassette. There was the vinyl. There was the MP3 player. There is now the NFT. So think of it as another whatever, right? Another video form or audio form, etc. Except this time, it's tied into the blockchain. It is, it is a free-floating mechanism. It can have art. It can have vocals, audio, video, visual, um, works of whatever it is, but it's attached to a blockchain. So it's always tethered and you always know that this is the original artwork with it. So what, and when you are able to show the provenance of anything, it increases up in value because you can say. Yeah, well, I want to know one, you know, how do you protect an NFT? Is it hackable? You know, um, that's the, I think what you just described as far as artists coming together and creating a piece of work, that to me feels even more, um, I don't know, like you could have that in a, in a special and locked out place. But when we go back to the idea of the Mona Lisa, and like you said, you could send me a picture of the cat and now it's a copy, but how do I know what's the original? How, how then is that 
picture of the Mona Lisa preserved. Can you just share a blockchain? You know what I'm saying? Or So it's, it's, it's a great question and the answer is pretty simple if you take the technical aspects out of it. So when we look at the Mona Lisa and I send you a copy of the Mona Lisa, how do you know it's a copy? Because we all know, quote unquote, by consensus that the Mona Lisa hangs in the Louvre Museum. And whatever you have outside there has to be a copy, right? Unless you go to the Louvre at night and you open it and see the Mona Lisa is not there and somehow it ends up in your hands. But it has to be a copy. Consensus tells us so. Likewise, on the artwork, whenever we put an art track on the blockchain, consensus will tell us this is the original. Anything else that is not tethered to this one is a copy and it has no value. So you will be if you're able to move it around, because... With the NFT, I, this is my understanding, with the NFT, there will be some sort of a, 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 a line or breadcrumbs that take it all the way back to the original, the Genesis moment when the thing was created. But with one difference, and this is the most important difference, Leonardo da Vinci had one Mona Lisa. But in the digital world, if he was alive today anywhere to make a, a Mona Lisa on the iPad, he can decide how many originals he has to have. He can say, okay, I'm going to have 10 originals and that's it. And he will have 10 and that's it. And those 10 will have their own value. They may not have the value of the combined one Mona Lisa, but they'll have the value of limited quantity, 10 Mona Lisas. And they will all be attached and tethered to that blockchain by consensus that these are the only 10. And the people who own it will be able to show the breadcrumbs all the way back so, hey, this is the Mona Lisa. Remember, he made 10 copies. I own one, and here is how I own one. Now, the mechanics of that, defining it right now and trying to understand it is, for lack of a better word, a little too confusing <laughs> for us. Because yeah. we've, been, we, we've, been, we've been growing in the world of, no, it's a copy. No, but it's a copy because it's not tethered to anything. You can copy can it. Can we share it, them? The, the new, can we share the blockchain or do you have to come and view it a certain way in order for people to know it's tethered? I think you can share them. I think you can share them. And but and and but but when you take ownership of something like this, it comes with its own sets of certificate of authenticity, if you will. In the smart contract that comes with, you know, a sale of an artwork as an NFT, the smart contract is sort of a computer protocol, which is actually also your sales agreement, sort yeah. so, so to speak. Um, that that it 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 is um, a confirmation of the consensus that you, Rono, have bought um, a picture of Vessel's cat. You know, but um, so that is what you the smart can. contract says. And but the smart contract can also include some terms and conditions like Rona can share it with one friend, you know, so you can send it to me. But uh, oh, OK. Hmm. But I think it's also important to know that we are we are so early in this. Yes, that too. Yeah. And I think it has to shed its skin go through a seasonal maturity process whereby some of the hurdles and problems that we will face today, especially from the recording industry, especially from the big labels, uh, especially from the struggling artists, especially from those who are feeling that they're attached 
to a label and not getting their due share, etc., and how the economics of it will work, I think we will definitely go through a series of them, a series of innovative products and come out uh, on top. Just like 10 years ago, there was no concept of a ride share, right? I mean, the ride share concept has been there, but as a gig economy, it wasn't there. And now it's a very normal thing. So I think we, we are going to be looking at the same thing. Yeah, that's that's a good point uh, for me to piggyback on the thought that I was that I was holding. Two things that struck me uh, in what you just said, um, both of you: um, provenance of the artwork and to the genesis moment. And if I hear what you're saying, then it would mean that the combination of provenance and being able to say, well, you know, it comes from this artist, a. And um, there is only, it's a scarce artwork that makes for the perceived value. But the thing that people are struggling with most of all right now is an NFT is bloated air. It's nothing. It's a fad. It's um, a hot air balloon. It's, um, you know, it's based on nothing. And not even that, but what is the value? What are you buying? And when we see that, for example, in the music industry, let me just uh, give you a few examples of the numbers we are talking about. So Grimes sold, uh, Grimes, who was the better half of Elon Musk, she sold an NFT for, well, let's say half a million. Don Diablo, a Dutch DJ, um, sold an NFT. He sold twi- two at the moment, but the, the last one he sold went over a million and that was... Uh, a digital concert. Uh, Andrew Goucher, um, who is a fantastic bass player, sold an NFT being a physical concert. But the thing is that with these NFTs, there is a digital artwork, sometimes combined with an audio snippet. And then um, often there is a physical component as well. For example, lifetime access to shows. Um T-shirts, access to special merch, access to a special hologram, access to unreleased music. So what is it? Do we, is it true what the critics say and the naysayers nowadays say NFTs have no intrinsic value. It is only perceived value and the value that it has comes from the physical component. What are your thoughts on that? I would say the following. If you create a piece of music in the analog world today and it's licensed and you hear it at a bar. What is a bar? I can't remember. (laughs) You know what the bar is. (laughs) A bar, a club. Uh, Oh, yes. Well, that too. (laughs) Uh, After the jab, you will definitely remember it for for weeks and days to come. For that, for, the, for, for that shall be Dai's home for the next few weeks. But anyways, um, but but the thing is, if Rona walks in and she hears a song playing and says, you know, this is my song, but she has no way of authenticating it if this is her song or not. You know, she can go and ask and they may tell them, yeah, we bought it, etc., what have you, but that's about it. Now, imagine a world where she has, for example, just, and this is just, I'm playing out maybe in a little bit in the future. She has something, something that is able to listen to a track. And this is, again, I'm, I'm talking Star Trek here, right? So something that she can listen to a track. Because the song was sold 
it comes with a thread from the original artist. And it thread goes, you, you send it to one person, the other person, the distribution company, etc., whatever, and to this guy who purchases music for all the bars in Amsterdam and then to this particular bar. It has this thread. So it has this uh, um, travel record of where and how it ended up. And then when it's playing, you know, Rona turns her microphone on in the special device and in under the under the lyrics and the music, it's telling her, yes, this is the original thread, the travel record. And yes, she can verify, yes, this is the actual song that was sold by me. Because there's a tethered, it's tethered to the original, right? Now that may not seem very obvious in the first sense and may seem, oh, well, that's a very silly way of doing it. Well, yes, but if I'm selling 10,000 records, right now I am not even connected to my end buyer or, right? But in this case, I could be because digitally I can I have access to them. So it gives a lot of freedom. Are those tools ready? No, I don't think so. Um, but are those tools ready for you to track as an artist? I don't think so. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't think so. But at least it's giving us the room for thought. Okay, there is a distributed chain. There is consensus. There is a provenance. There is a genesis moment. I can put something on. I can make six copies. I can let it go and track it. Now, the people who are getting on board today, I believe, are the people that were selling shovels and overnight stay during the gold rush. Right? So... I think they're concentrating more on that part. And I think they are the earlier betters and hedgers, futurists, if you will, um, risk takers from an economical point of view. I always wondered, you know, when I see a stock at 86, I said, who was the guy who bought it at 26? And then at 26, someone must be asking, who was the guy who bought it at six? Right? And at six, someone must be asking, well, who was it who got it at, I don't know what, zero, and then had it suddenly at six or suddenly at seven or whatever. And, and, and they took the bet because the market opened, the perceived value of that thing was, ah, I don't know, $6. And they bought it and people didn't agree with it. And after 90 days, it was sitting at 26. And after 180 days, it was sitting at you know 86. So I guess we're in the same position right now. I, I feel that the perceived value is something that will come in once the commercialization to the end consumer, that that, that path is somehow fixed. I, I don't see a path right now, right? I mean, if you make a record and I buy the record, or if you make only 10 copies of it and I buy one of the copies, then what? Okay, so you made 10 copies. I, I have one. What Then what? Can I sell it to a radio station? Can I sell it to the continent of Africa and make money? Well, you know what this is reminding me of? It to me is almost like we're starting a new streaming service. This is this is a way for artists, you know, this is a show that Bindu and I did not too long ago, how artists, well, certain ambassadors for getting us more money, um, are trying to do a better job of finding out what streaming means to us. This is currently our newest way of distributing music, but artists are not seeing the return on that music. If we do our stuff through NFTs, now that's a whole other level of our ability to track it, uh, as what you're 
you seem to be suggesting, Fazel, uh, putting value on, was I the first? Was I the 10th? Was I the 100th person to get this product? That's a whole other level of perceived value. But also, this may be the help that we were looking for in our previous episode, Bindu, about how artists can not only track where their stuff is going, um, but now, because we were talking about what does this mean to performance rights uh, organizations, you know, as far as being able to track how it's being played, where it's being played, when, what are we getting back? We could start setting new numbers. Maybe there's a little bit more control uh, over this digital life uh, going the NFT route. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 um it's a very valid point, and it kind of sums up and and into what you both said is that NFTs are simply a new asset class. We can't forget that people like Van Gogh died poor. I mean, yeah, man. people didn't think that their their paintings were worth anything. They were put out with the trash, so to speak. Now we're paying $70 million for them. Well, we, yeah. not you and I, but some people are. <laughs> some. But uh, it's NFTs. NFTs are simply a new asset class for artists. But with that, of course, um, comes a whole lot of legal mumbo-jumbo, yeah. obviously. Like, who is the owner? Um, if, if if we make an NFT and it contains an art component, so a, a, a graphic work of art, a graphic designer or photog- photographer will make that work. He is the copyright owner of that work. If we combine that with your piece yeah. of music, you are the composer, I am the co-composer. Let's say that Fessel is the lyricist, three rights holders. Let's say that we all have publishers, three I publishers. Mean, Let's say we all have labels, three labels. Um, that's already nine rights holders at the same time. So everybody will want a piece of that as well. So um, the thing with NFTs is that whatever is valid in the offline world when it comes to rights will be valid in the online world as well. That is, I think also important to know that you have to abstract your thinking a little bit and say, well, it's not because it's digital and it's online that, you know, rien ne va plus and nothing goes anymore. I'd like to add to that, that music industry hasn't essentially changed over the last two, three hundred years. The way the, uh, it could be even more, but let's say two, three hundred years, the way artists get paid, the way they're represented, the way they are always, quote unquote, struggling until, you know, it's always the prop, the the promise of the digital. Well, well, let's say the artistic world of trickle down economics, right? Yes, you'll get the money, but the money is really on the top where they, where they control it. And for the first time, we've seen slowly the the mechanisms like Spotify and others come in play. You have different streaming services. You have decentralized Spotify is coming up. You have decentralized. Uh, content delivery networks coming up. You will have decentralized payments coming up. And now you have rights management, basically, in a very decentralized manner or in a centralized manner, however you want to perceive it or, or look at it. And I think at some point in time, this has got to worry the big labels, right? And and, and the, 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 the traditional media companies, and they say, wow, oh, we're going to lose control. Well, I don't know. 
I don't think they're worried at all. They will get, they will try and get their share because as it is a new asset class and they usually have um, contracts saying something like, um, you hereby uh, give us the license uh, to exploit uh, your the universe. digital recording. But, but okay, fine. But you know, going forward, Bindu, Rona, you know, let's say you have your foot stuck in that bear trap, if you will, you know, with the traditional media companies. It's not easy to get out without, you know, losing a leg. But <laughs> going forward, you can warn the the new, the new artists, or they could be educated as such and say, you know what, I'm not going to fall for that bear trap anymore. I'm going to go the NFT route because it, it provides me easier. The self-publishing route, right? Remember, it's still there. It's still there, right? Yes, but that's that's a different discussion. But I, I think it's two different things. If you if you look at what you're saying was right to just to backtrack a little bit, um, the music industry hasn't essentially changed. The online world has just been picked up, put into the digital yeah. place. Spotify is is the new gatekeeper. In addition to you know the publishers and the labels, people who are signed with publishers and labels will still have to take into account their current contracts with their publishers and labels. What Fessel is saying is, but there's an there is an alternative route, the do-it-yourself route. I mean, that route has always been there, not signing with a publisher, not signing with a label, and doing it yourself. But that has that route has now all of a sudden become maybe more attractive yeah. because of this new asset class, because we see the numbers, the numbers that our people are paying for this asset class. I mean, it's better track think about now. It. Now I'm starting to look at it from the perspective of, I actually can see this now. We know where it went. We know how much it is. The pie is here. Everybody gets their trickle-down economics, if you will. But we all see it now. Whereas right now, to me, it's the whiz. The money is going somewhere. Right. But yeah, it's way more transparent doing it this NFT route, it would seem. Isn't it, Rona, that you're only seeing what is being told to you? Right. Not if we go the By, crypto route, right? Because you have to Not if you go the crypto way, route, but right? yeah, that's the, that's the new way, that's the new audit, right? Yeah, but the the current way, we have no clue where the money is going. I hope that my publishing company is giving me the share that I think I'm getting. You know, uh, that's why we have all these performance rights organizations trying to track down where this stuff is. They say there's a trough of money sitting there that is unclaimed by publishers. Whereas if we go the crypto route, it seems, you have to enter it a certain way in order for it to be considered in the digital world. So now we know where it's going. Now we know how much everybody's paid for it. Now everybody can basically, if it was set up this way, right? This is a Star Trek conversation. We can see it in plain English. And it's like, hey, this went there. It cost this much. This is how much it is. Everybody in the pie gets their share. Whereas right now, I'm really flying blind as an artist, right? Somebody else is going to get what they say it made. Uh, you know, the crypto world seems to make us have to enter it. In order for it to be considered in the digital world, it has to be entered in a certain way for it to be tracked and to be seen. And, and I think the good part is that there are going to be a lot of your colleagues, old and new, who will jump on board, who will experiment, who will try to make sense of it. Bindu is an example. You probably would be an example. And there'll be many others who will say, okay, listen, you know, and, and someone will have a eureka moment. Someone will fix a problem. And as we get version one, version two, etc., I think it'll be good. It could very well, like with 
everything else in life could be a complete dud, right? I mean, zero, boom, that's I it. wasn't convinced uh, at uh, first. Yeah. I was totally confused. And I was like, well, what about, how do we get paid? And now that we're talking more clearly, I'm like, wait a minute, that it actually could be cool. The I don't fact know. that we are talking <laughs> about it is proof positive that it's going in the right direction, yeah. you know? All right. Yeah, I I think so too. But um, here is also a question that many people may have is, um, how do I buy an NFT? I mean, what is the system? Yeah, where do we keep it? I heard Bitcoin and stuff is kept in a wallet. You know, where where do you... Is there a marketplace? Uh, What do I do with my euros? Can I buy something with my euros? I mean, I think that's very abstract for people. I don't think that people can imagine. Let's say I want to buy something. Let's say I want to go and buy a book. I go to Amazon or to any web shop online. I order book, put it in my basket. I pay with my credit card. How do I do that if I want to buy an NFT? So there are Plain there are simple. NFT marketplaces that you can go. Pancake Swap is one. Uh, Bake and Bakery, and uh, there's so many Uniswap, Sushi Swap. They're all coming up. And NFT you, gateway. yeah. And uh, I've only worked with the swaps ones. Uh, I haven't gone to the other ones, and they're and they're you know some very unique NFT only marketplaces. Nothing else. And but basically, you go over there with your Ethereum or related, you know, whatever blockchain that they're on. If they're on the Binance Smart Chain, you may need BNB. If they're on the Ethereum blockchain, you may need Ethereum. If they're on a, some proprietary blockchain on top of the Ethereum, you may need the tokens that they use, for example. And, you know, with PancakeSwap, you may... Hang on. One second. And, and just to recap for the... For the new people coming Please. on board. So <laughs> it is a blockchain system. It's um, Yesterday I was talking to my friend and I explained it to him as the blockchain, you have to look at the blockchain as the, the rail tracks. You know, the NFT is the train that goes out, that well, goes around. visual. If I want to buy something on a blockchain, the Ethereum blockchain, which is a system of a blockchain, that comes with a certain token, a currency, that is ETH. So that is what ben every blockchain ETH, ETH. That's the, it's like the dollar. Okay, but thank you. So See, think, I of didn't it, know think of it like a stock exchange, right? You walk into Amsterdam, you know, Central. You go down to a an open, you know, I don't know, light supply or somewhere over there. And there's this exchange and everyone can trade. And you you walk in and you say, hey, I want to buy this Bindu song. Oh, yeah, but you got to use the token we use over here. Oh, what's that called? Don't you accept euros? No, we'll accept euros, but we'll give you the tokens. You, you get the tokens and then you can now trade on that exchange and so forth. And the very minute you buy the token, you are now being tracked. You know, tethered onto the system. Your your every transaction is being written down, so that. Where do I keep those tokens? Do I have a wallet? Do I have a purse? Yes, you have a wallet, of course. But again, that wallet is uh, you, you. You don't actually keep the token. You, you your tokens, your value, everything is actually resides on the blockchain. All you have at all when you say you have a wallet that has money. Yeah. Actually, it's not your wallet that has money. What you have is a is a, is a piece of thing that's telling you your balances on the blockchain and the keys to look at that balance and activate that balance. Is, the balance actually, but I, is that real? Is that real? I can't put it in my piggy bank. Oh gosh. 
No, it's not <laughs> like that. So it, it's it's like saying it's like Thank saying you. okay. So it's it, it, uh, bear with me. It's like saying I have euros and I bought some Bindu coins, right? So where yes, are the Bindu coins? I... Actually, Bindu is got the ledger, so the coins are actually with her. So now you have a wallet. No, yes, you don't have a wallet. What you have is the secret password that when Bindu is going to ask you, you were going to give the correct password. Then she'll say, okay, you have so many coins. What do you want to do with them? I want you to transfer it to Rona. Right. Rona now gets a wallet. Rona gets coins in her balance. Now, when Rona wants to give one to Fessel, first of all, she's going to authenticate herself. And how does she does that? Well, that wallet authenticate Because the coins are all with you. Yes. Bindu is simply Very changing nice. the ownership by changing the name, the title of the person next to it and saying, okay, you now have one, you now have 20, you now have 30, you now have an artwork, you now have a music, mm. you now have 10 music copies and so forth. It's it's like my bank pass, isn't no, it? It's no, like, no, 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 like no, 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 even, even, even easier, even easier, even easier. Who says, who says, who says in a wallet you have to put only... I am looking at Fessel's wallet. Okay, so, so who says in a wallet you only have to put money? Okay, so what else is in there? You can put a CD. You can put a CD, right? Yes. You can put a picture of your cat, a dog, family. All the things that you own, that you got as an NFT, Anything, is that what right? you're saying? You could, put a, you, could put a, you could put a note, a promissory note, right? You could put a, yeah. a, a, a coaster you bought from Berlin in it. Who says? <laughs> yeah. That's it. A wallet is similar. Yeah. It's our understanding of what can go to a wallet. A wallet can hold That's anything. a very good comparison. It's like when, when we, back in the day when we used to go to concerts, you would buy tokens to buy drinks at the bar. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing. If I look at my statement on, on my bank app, I have to believe that the bank still has that money. So in e an even easier way of understanding is think of your wallet as a keychain. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Every key you have has access to a balance that is lying somewhere with some organization. Mm -hmm. And the wallet simply holds the keys. But all keys are useless are useless if you can't see how much balance you have in that blockchain, in that bank, in that mm -hmm. vault. So the wallet has the key as well as an indicator telling you you have so many X coins or Y coins or Z coins or a things MP3 you own. or things you own. Gotcha. It gives you the it gives you the key as well as quote unquote the content of whatever you own. Got it. And yeah. the quantity. So with that key, once I own that key, I go to an online marketplace. And with those tokens, I can buy my artwork. Yep, you've bought it. And then I can yep. store that. That artwork stays on the blockchain. In your wallet. But what can I do with it? In my wallet. But what can I do with it? I can, for example, buy a digital screen, hang it up the wall uh, next to my Mona yeah, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the cool part. That just so you buy tricky. the digital screen. That's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. You got the digital screen. You bought a 50-inch TV. You hang it upside down, you know, vertically, etc. Yeah. But how does the TV access the blockchain? Oh, good point. So it has to have a wallet. And that wallet then needs all the authorization codes and the keys. And then it goes and accesses the one and only picture that you own and displays it. Yeah, it needs an external wallet. That was interesting then. for but, but, me to well, wrap so, my but, brain around. Mm -hmm. Well, hold on. Televisions come with uh, YouTube, don't they? They come with Netflix, don't they? 
So what if they come with a wallet now? And with that wallet, you'll be able to display whatever you own in the content of your box. That could be a music, it could be a movie, it could be an artwork. And if that artwork is being displayed to you, it cannot be displayed anywhere else. No, it's like the download on my title, you know, or on my Spotify. Well, no, not, not even download. It's like the book. It's out. It's not there on the shelf. Right. It's being displayed on the Ah, yeah. The it's like the library. I go to the library, I, I borrow the book, and the book is not no longer <laughs> in the shelf, but it's but in my Rona pocket. Rona <laughs> and Bindu, I think you will understand, because we come from a very unique world. We were from the analog world. We had the hybrid of the analog and digital. We're in the digital and guess what? Today we pay a pretty penny for the analog world. How much would you pay for a good vinyl? I'm how much trying to tell you, baby. That's I'm, I, want, I still want the physical stuff. Still. No, but so, I get it. So, so I'm the willing thing to is, evolve. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, so the thing is, we are, we are morphing. And now there is another world that today where people, let's say, Gen X, Gen Y... This, this digital world is the analog equivalent for them. And they're looking at the new NFT world. You know what's interesting to me, though? This is, to me, about to make the analog world even more valuable. Because precious. for me, of course, there, yeah, precious is a really good word. Because for me, there's nothing that replaces the sound of putting a piece of vinyl on a, a record player. It's not that, actually. It's atoms. Limited atoms. Electrons, you can multiply and duplicate as many as you want. Atoms are physical atoms. You need to make them. You need to have the platter and all that thing, the master thing, the reverse copy, etc., to make a vinyl. Okay. Yeah. So physical but I'm just stuff. Say, I guess I'm saying sonically, stuff. you know, there's certain things I appreciate listening to um, uh, in the physical True. world that... Um, there's, I, I there are only you, so many stratus vardis, right? Say I it mean, again. There are only so many Stratus Vardis, right? The violins. Yeah, that's yeah, it. true. I true. Mean, but you know what? It, it's it's not one or mm-hmm. the other, and that's I think what what the oldies I will call the analog people are among uh-huh. us. Speak, um, no, I'm <laughs> Speak for yourself. I'm still especially a young you, Rona. Come on. No. Okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think that that is the the often the misconception that exists that it has to be one or the other. No, we, we have the luxury of to do and like we can still enjoy the precious analog things. And then in addition, we can have something yeah, digital. Man. But that obviously begs the question. But everything is on a decentralized system, which means that the current institutions don't really have any grip on it. They there's no regulation. Um, but shouldn't it be regulated? Because, for example, you see that with the value that goes around in Bitcoin and Ether, but it's, it's especially in Bitcoin, there's a very speculative um, aspect to it. Now, why would I buy an NFT for a $70 million dollar just like with an artwork, I hope that it appreciates in value and I can sell well, it. That it for holds more, its value, right? right? So there's that something it doesn't disappear. That too, but I but I want it to increase. It's it's a, a wealth storage asset, right? So that means that if I look at it from a legal financial point of view, it would almost seem to me that financial institutions would want to and maybe aim to regulate the whole thing. Unless they don't want it to exist, and they well, want to stay I, in the I think anything, any time where we take the world of fiat, and we yeah. find that's remotely, dollars, folks. 
Do, yes, thank you. Uh, dollars or pounds or euros. Anytime we we look at government money, issued money, and we look at converting that money into this digital world, you know, it used to be funny money, game money, right? Whatever. It's not anymore. It's it's two trillion dollars now. Uh, I think regulation is inevitable. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. It's too big to be ignored. Mm. Yeah, at this point, for sure. It's yeah. too big to not be regulated. Because what's going to happen? What happens when it becomes four trillion and eight trillion? You know what? The bank is going to go, hold on. They are not regulated. I am through the roof. How come they're not regulated? And, you know, they have a lobby. And it, it, yes, so there's going to be some, we're in some very unique times. Can I just piggyback on that? If I buy, let's say, if I want to go to the bank and I want to invest in stocks, when I do, before I buy my index fund, I have to read the prospectus. I have to read the financial uh, disclaimers and I have to read the warning from the bank, which usually comes down to, you can lose all your money. Now, with the NFT, it's the same thing. It may be worth 70 million right now, but maybe in 20 years' time, nobody even remembers who Beeple is and it's worth... Well, that's what I was going to say. One euro. We got a bank on this NFT thing still being around, right? Like, what if it's... No, what if the next thing comes along and now what happens to the value well, of the well, thing you just spent good thing is it wasn't your money, right? It was someone else's money. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the the thing that I think when you start putting your money in, when people like you and I are convinced that there's something called an NFT and, you know, either we are playing the early speculators game or mm-hmm. we truly believe in this thing. You know, fine. A lot of people bought CDs. A lot of people bought beta. A lot of people bought vinyl. And eventually, boom. It, you know, the, the MP3 player, the Apple round MP3 player, it was just so good. And it's totally gone now. Totally gone. That's what I. That's is the NFT equivalent to that, like an MP3 player, or is this that's not? You know what I'm saying? Like it could go away. It could not be the medium with which I mean, we exchange. You know, I'm not the oracle here. I'm not the oracle here. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't tell. But the NFT sort of kind of behaves like the new Rolex. Everybody wants to own an, an NFT right now. Um, I I I feel. It's going to be how can how do we find worth? You know, it, it brings us to the back the non fungible token. How do we find an intrinsic value of something that is created digitally in nature that now we are going to collectively on a on a, on a very wide societal level cons- and in a consensus way agree? Rona's track is now worth so much. First it was worth this much, now it's this much. If she comes out with something this one night, she you know dabbles on the piano, plays something, that's it, and locks it in and sells 20 copies, and people are paying $10,000 for it, why? What can you do with that? The question is going to be, what can you do with that? From a musical point of view, I'm, I'd be very interested to know, what can I do with it afterwards? If I've purchased something, uh, can I play it? Can I broadcast it? And if I broadcast it, do you get some shares from it? You know, so these are the questions that we will find out later. If I take, if I buy a picture that uh, you know Rona or yourself, Bindu may have made, like uh, Jack Dorsey's tweet. Well, okay. So here's the thing: you made, you made, you made a picture. I bought the picture. There were ten copies only. Yeah. I bought one copy, but the one copy 
Lourdes signs a deal with me. We put it up and we make millions. Mm-hmm. What's the repercussion for you? Well, you get resale value. Do, do we mean, do we agree a, on it or not, etc.? Does the contract say so? Because I bought it from you. I bought one copy from you. If I take it. Yeah. So you see, these are questions that are going to be, what happens afterwards? Will it go up? Will it go down? Will it go left or right? We don't know. I think we'll find out as we go along. But there's one thing that, that will bug people and they will say, uh, yeah, but uh, if I buy vinyl, then at least I know that I have it and it's in my closet. It's safe. Um, and, and, and the, well, we don't know if all so the this is the, so the answer to that is, I mean, it can be hacked, the, ans- right? the answer to that is this is the first time you have been introduced to this digital medium where when you know you buy it, it's in your closet, it's in your keys, it's in your wallet, it's with you. And guess what? If the house burns down, nothing happens to it because it's on the blockchain. We can retrieve it again tomorrow. Music all right, let's let's have some fun before you get out of here. We got some uh, shootout questions for you, Fazzle. So they have to be simple ones, right? <laughs> um, don't, don't look so worried. <laughs> okay, I'm, You'll we're be gonna fine. jump to this. What is the best compliment someone has ever given you? Someone has ever given me. It's when someone took whatever I wrote or I had published and they learned from it and they changed their lives. Even in a, in a, even in a small way. So I, I, I consider myself a teacher. And, you know, when someone comes back to the teacher after 20 years and say, hey, you know what? The math class you gave me or the geography class you gave me, I thought it was so boring. Thank you for doing that. That's the best thing. That's the, the best thing. Because teachers don't require anything else. They don't require a monetary benefit. They just require every now and then a student comes back and says, yeah, you know what? You changed me. Appreciation. I love it. All right, Bindu, what what do you have? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. What's the worst financial advice you have ever received? Oh, so many. (laughs) Uh, Just one. But I'll tell you, um, the one that I have received a lot is, you know, that this is it. You got to multiply your money. You got to make your money work for you. You got to do this. There's this in, there's this unbelievable pressure on you that you have to pursue this number in your bank and you have to make it grow bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger hmm. without understanding that you also have a social and a moral responsibility for that number in Ooh, society. Oh, I like it. But, you know, fine, I want to, everyone wants their number to grow. But no one told me that there's a responsibility that comes with that number. And that, I, I felt, I had to learn that the hard way. I had to learn that through elders who taught me about that thing. From, from fellow people who say, listen, hey, if you're coming in the money, let me tell you something that you don't read anywhere else, you know. The, the four-hour work week, it needs a lot of work. Uh, it needs a lot of peripheral things. Uh, You're talking about the famous book written by Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I guess what I'm trying to do in, in, is in my religion, uh, in, in Islam, there, there, there's, a, there's a way of saying that if you give charity with your right hand, yeah. the left hand should not know about it. Mm-hmm. So, mm. so you have a responsibility of, of, of bettering the lives of others uh, with that money. 
the way we've been given financial advice is that was never given to us. That was never told to us. It's always this number, 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 amass, 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 you know? I love the that's, moral that's responsibility good, yeah. you just put <laughs> with uh, getting money. There's, there's this uh, great concept that someone said to me, I, I get over, you get over it. Right. That's kind of what this reminds me of. It's like people not caring about if they give it over on somebody in a certain way in order to get to this number you're talking about. And you're saying, no, there's a measure of care. There's a measure of charity. There's a measure of where you're coming from in your heart space, even uh, when you're going out there to get more money or amass more wealth. Powerful. What's the one thing you would like people to know about money in the digital space? (sighs) You have the ability. You have the ability to improve lives of people miles away that who otherwise could not even think about it. Hmm. Meaning, you, you know, I used to, I, I still say, be the lucky break that you wanted someone else to give you once, hmm. right? Be the lucky break oh, that you wanted someone else to give you once. We all are looking for a lucky break. Digital money allows that to happen. You can comp- how because you can comp- you, I could be sitting in a small village outside you know the capital of Burkina Faso and I could make a logo for you. I can participate in the marketplace for you. I can send you an email. We can discuss. I can write an article for you, but I cannot get paid. Digital money allows me to get paid. It doesn't matter where I am, who I am, where I am, where I come from, etc. It gives me that equal level playing field. I don't have to be in the European SEPA zone. I don't have to be in the US ACH or card system to receive payment for my fair share of work. I could be anywhere in the world. So it gives you that lucky break, you know? Yeah, and with that, you've summed up the biggest weakness of fiat money Mm -hmm. right now. And that is that it's not truly global no it's not it's very it's very it's very uh, uh, it has boundaries it has conditions and it has politics and arm and a lot of uh, bullying with it so if you're a person you could be the most genuine person sitting in iran guess what you've been obfuscated you've been extra excommunicated from the system from the, from the global financial system of the world digital money allows you to have that have access to that wow nice thought Okay. You kind of make me think of what um, I heard Michael Saylor <laughs> say a couple and, and um, discussion with Frank Justra that he had about gold versus Bitcoin. And Saylor went on saying, Bitcoin is hope, Bitcoin is hope. And I find it in a way sort of, I didn't know what to really think of it. But when I hear you explain it in that kind of way, it makes total sense to me. The world never knew The world never knew the importance of toilet paper until they ran out of it on the shelves. Ask Thank someone that doesn't have money. Moment, Ask someone who doesn't <laughs> have access to money, period, when they suddenly have access mm-hmm. to money, what it means to them. Interesting. So if I'm hearing you correctly, it's basically like you're saying, because it's this one currency, everybody can touch it, everybody can exchange it. So it's not one currency, right? I mean, it's digital currency is, there are many flavors in it. Yeah. And I could uh, have orange, you can have black. But the fact is, there is no politics, no there are no boundaries, like no, no, no borders, Territory. no nothing like that. It's you and me, and I can send you, you can send to me. Gotcha. Yes, but that is not in the interest of um, many. The lands. Issues. All right. Anyway, that's another discussion. Will you be buying 
the Gary V NFT? I don't know. So five five, right? That's what we have been told. Yeah, five, five five. five everyone's five five. So I've I've loaded up my wallet. I'll see what happens then. Uh, but you know what? It, 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 it's if you're in that arena then you're in the arena because you want to experiment and you're willing to take the risk. I think I'll go and see it, yeah. Okay, and I'm curious. To, to close out, <clears throat> let's ask something more in the music space since uh, this is music-wise. What is one record you would like for us all to check out? Um, it is uh, the very beautiful, it's from Meiko, the Kukurukuku Paloma, you know? Kukuru it's a mariachi Paloma. song. Kukurukuku Paloma. Come on. Love- <laughs> you might be the first ma- person that sang on the podcast. <laughs> so it's a mariachi song. You know the mariachi singers? From, yeah. From, 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 Me- yeah. from Mexico. I will send uh, you three versions of it. Three. You have to listen to all three. But Thank you. the condition is you have to listen it after dusk. Hmm. After the sun has set, or just as sun is setting, have a nice glass of wine or whatever you want, whatever your poison of your choice is. <laughs> Even water is a good poison these days. Oh, well, that's true and, too, huh? Wow. And and Deep. and if you're nice, relax. It it will give cloudiness and rise, make your soul rise out. You will, and and you know, you may think that, but believe me. Four versions, sorry, not three, four, four versions. Wow. Four versions. One is an operatic version. Three are the most beautiful versions. One is from a movie. One is from a guy singing guitar. And one is the actual one. And I'll tell you. Um, then I will send you a color palette after that because you will probably make a temple from me in my name. <laughs> and I will tell you what the color <laughs> Wishful thinking. <laughs> All right, all right. We're signing off. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> Basil, thank you. This has been a wonderful Thanks. conversation. I, I must say, uh, before we talked today, uh, it landed differently because we talked. Remember, Bindu, I was like, well, what about this? And what about the streaming? And what about the, the, the you know, how people get paid and how can things get taken? And I don't know, for whatever reason, this kind of clicked into my mental space differently. And I actually see some hope with the NFT thing, you know? Uh, Thank you, Fessel, for um, enlightening us and and having this discussion with us. I hope that people um, have a bit more grip and can imagine and, and, you know, see it a bit more in a concrete context of what an NFT can do for them. And also, you know, be adventurous. Um, Break down the barriers. Break down your own fixed thoughts about analog versus digital. Nice. So thank you, Fessel. Thank you very much, ladies. Thank you for having me. Step further into the future. Will do. You guys take care and stay safe. You too. Until next time, everybody. Bye-bye. 